You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, and it's a uh, late, late, late for us this week. We're, uh, late, late, late. We're a day. One day. We're one day late. <laughs> okay, so it's um, after the show. Uh, if you hadn't already guessed, it's episode twenty-seven. Geez, almost my age. <laughs> it's Monday, July the twenty-first. As I said, a day late, but better than never, I guess. And uh, the movie we're going to look at this week is Doomsday, the unrated version. This is a two thousand and eight movie. It seems we do all two thousand and eight movies right now. Well, yeah, we get all the latest releases. So yeah, I guess. Um, and it, this DVD slash Blu-ray is coming out on Tuesday, July the 29th, so it's about a week away. It's from our friends at Universal, and this is the first Blu-ray disc they've put out, actually. They were Very big, first. They were big HD DVD supporters until it went... <clears throat> and now, many, many, many months later, they've just... Well, this is the first one. This and The Mummy are the first releases from Universal. Uh, it's going to be on DVD and Blu-ray disc... And is Sid Talk with the synopsis for this movie? Oh, hmm. Synopsis or a brief one-line description? <laughs> well, just an overall without I would spoiling say it's anything. Without spoiling anything. Well, yeah. without spoiling. You can, yeah. Yeah, without spoiling the last half. Okay. <laughs> uh, a crazy virus uh, somehow pops up in Glasgow, right? That would be in Wales. Scotland? <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. If you're from there, I'm sorry. Uh, in Scotland. And it's like one of those that, like, there's no cure. It kills people. They get all pussy. It kills their immune system. And then, of course, the government <clears throat> decides to quarantine the city. Then the whole that whole country, like a half of Britain, they put a big wall around it and just leave them, leave them there. And in the beginning part, you see this young girl get thrown on a helicopter by her mother. She escapes. The mother stays. And then we're 35 years later. Or, twenty, yeah, 35 years later. And the virus, because, the, because of this whole thing, the world's kind of abandoned England as a whole. So it's kind of like all screwed up, too. And all of a sudden, the virus shows up in London 35 years later. And now the prime minister and the political machine want to find the cure and kind of save their asses and look good and they're going to send a team in to find the cure to the best to the, agents or whatever yeah, where the original virus happened and that's it and my description would be 28 days mixed with aliens mixed with mad max and my description would be Bloody awesome. <laughs> That's what you said. This, when it was over, you're like, that was no, awesome. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think three minutes into the movie, I turned to you and said, I already love this movie. You did. I mean, instantly, <laughs> yes. So, and I thought to myself, after I'd said that, I thought, okay, I've said that, this is probably going to end up being a load of shit. Yep. That's it, what I thought. It got better. Because the beginning was too good, like, to... To think, it's oh, like it's, it's like that go. setup where you're like, oh my god, this is epic! I love this. Like like 28 days later, I guess. Yeah, like and but that thing where you think, oh, this is gonna be awesome. The setup, kind of like Resident Evil 2, where the beginning kind of is kind of kick ass, and then that Valentine girl comes around, and then it's not great. I mean, it's not horrible, but 
kind of goes downhill. But no, this one was good all the way through. Yeah, it doesn't go downhill. In fact, in fact, it goes up. I think. Oh yeah. Like like whoa! I can't believe you know. Well, anyway, I'm gushing for this movie because I really (laughs) loved it. I mean, it's not. Well, let's okay then. Let's get onto the movie. (laughs) You know what I thought of it. What did you think of it? I loved it. I love anything that is kind of doom and gloom. Like obviously, the name of it's Doomsday. But the and this isn't like end of the world kind of scenario, but it's still wiping out what we know as culture right now and everybody starting over kind of thing because that's kind of what goes to in the movie. So I really like that. I like what would happen if an entire country is abandoned by the world with no electricity, no yeah, exactly. nothing going in and nothing coming out, a completely military surrounded and. We are just leaving you, and whatever happens, that's just the way it and is. And it's always especially fun when it's England, because we're so For high. you. <laughs> well, I, I always find it really interesting because it's a small, you know, relatively small, isolated from everything else place. A big, a, a big island, I would say. It's not isolated. Well, it's isolated as in America is joined to Mexico. And Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, England is England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales in the middle of the sea. It's not touching anything. It's not touching France, even though it is with the tunnel now underneath the water. But no, it's kind of on its own. So, Well, they didn't address that issue. Yeah, because mm. the, the, yeah, <laughs> the tunnel would have existed because yeah. it was in 2034. Well, yeah, it started in 2008. Now in the present day is when the virus kicked so in. They could, so they could have had all crazy... Yeah, that's another movie. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, me personally, I thought it was really, really brilliant. In fact, I couldn't take a smile off my face like all the way through the movie. <laughs> and not that it wasn't fun. It wasn't like fun or anything. It was like really was gory grim, and grim. and But it had that action and enough sort of polish on it. Now, it had, you know, a lot of like slick effect camera thingies and sometimes a little too much like you did the 28 days effect you know with the fast camera and sometimes that was perfectly appropriate when there's a fight and it's really confusing and you know shit's really hitting the fan that was appropriate then there were other times kind of in a car chase here and there where there was just a little too much slickness going on with the fancy car and the eyes in the rearview mirror that kind of shit all, all, so if all could that cut stuff that out, totally appealed to me <laughs> The, the the car chase sequence. Oh, that was good. I'm just saying. I was... Compared to the rest of the movie, that has a little more, like, kind of smooth roughness around, I don't know, that car sequence, they added a little bit too much gloss to it for me. And playing Frankie Goes to Hollywood too, try Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. It made shivers go down my spine. I was like... I know. Because you're like, what? That's... Because I didn't expect that tune, and I love that tune. And also, they played Susie and the Banshees during one part of it, which I love them. And I'd forgotten the music that. Was I'd forgotten really that I love them. And it was all 80s stuff, for some reason. Now you're going to have to go get some Adam of that and the Ants, Stand yes. and Deliver, they played yes. that. It was like... Um, what was that song when the Saul guy came out and was dancing? It was kind of like a funny song. Yeah, that's... Um, they were about to, like... Okay, let's say one thing in the movie is they end up... The culture inside... The wall has become very degraded, basically, back to basics. But there's, like, the urban and the rural. And the urban is just, like, kind of Mad Maxy, Or, like, um, also, Escape from New York. Yeah. You know? In fact, the, yeah, the director totally. mentioned it, didn't he? Right, totally. And 
but they've also basically come down to eating, like, making a show of, like, roasting a human alive and eating, like, cutting them up and eating them and stuff. And that (laughs) song that they played before, when he comes out... I know which one you mean. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, it's comical, and they're all, it's, like, so absurd. I think it's Bad Manners. It's it's an 80s, like, uh, the mods, you know, like, we are, we are, we are the mods, like on Quadrophenia. It's a mod song. Where oh, they right. all kind of marched to it and stuff. Right, and that's what we did. He came yeah. out marching and stuff. And but the music was like, I didn't expect it, really it. And it only kind of kicked in during that part. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. And then when Frankie Goes to Hollywood came out, it was like the icing on top of it for me. And the two tribes came Made to sense. war. Yeah, because there's the rural <laughs> faction that have gone back to kind of medieval. And then there's the city urban, which is kind of like the ultra punk Mad Max apocalyptus. Apocalyptus. <laughs> That sounds like a cop uh, I'm ill. I can't help it. <laughs> Apocalypse. The wrong words are going to come out occasionally. I'm not at 100%. <laughs> so. I loved it. And, and I did I, too. I had no idea what it was about. I had no clue whatsoever. I saw now, the cover and I was like, mm, some sort of tribal thing on the cover there. That looks cool. Yes. Doomsday. Sounds cool. And so every bit of it was a pleasure. That's the way I would describe it. Yeah, I, it's you know what I was after I'd watched it. I was kind of like, now that is a movie I would show off people. I'd say, uh-huh. have you seen Doomsday? And most people would say no. <laughs> and I'd say, do you like horror stuff or you know, do you like? Ma- it's not horror like no, scary. No, but it's, but it's like zombies without the zombies and it's gruesome as hell. Gruesome. Is it, this hedge, is an unrated version. Lots so. of heads chopping off and and shotgun blast to the head, close up and. A, uh, tanks running over humans and it's squishing and blood. Yeah, and there's out. no cutting away from none of it. It's completely so. If well, you're at a- the same time though, excuse me, it's not. It's like it's not like overly. It just seems appropriate, which sounds weird, but it really does. Yeah, it's, it's not like, for God's everything's sake. gone to hell. So no. you know. It, it, well, it might be a bit God's for. There's obviously a bit. There's some crowd pleasing. Occasionally, there, you know, yeah. Where you go, <laughs> you know, the guy in the. Gimp suit, do you call it? Is that yeah. appropriate? <laughs> yeah, that was a gimp. He, he totally was a gimp. Bring out the gimp. I think that was. That was I think that was the Pulp Fiction um, reference. Oh, right. But yes, this is what I was before we started this podcast. I was saying this movie is homage city, right? Mm. I, if I had to, if I had to say what movies it was homage in, and it's, there's probably a lot more than what I can think of. Escape from New York and L.A., both of those. 28 Days Later. Not, you know, you know the Romero zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Not that there's zombies in this movie, but the feel of those movies. Ho- hopelessness. Um, obviously Mad Max. Anything apocalypse, eucalypto or whatever. Apocalypse. Apocalyptus. Anything, yeah, any <laughs> apocalyptus movies. Uh Pulp Fiction, I only just thought of that one. and Only from that one line. And sort of the, I, yeah, the concept yeah. there yeah, of a guy keeping this other human as a pet in an all-black suit with, like, a face mask thing. and Like a S&M kind of yes. Um Just homage city, but, like, completely fun. And, and a unique in its own thing, too. Very, I thought it was unique, and yet nothing overtly original, except for the way it, the story plays out. There are times, and I won't say them... Where I was like, holy shit, didn't expect that. Oh my god. That isn't how I would expect that to go. There was a lot go. of yeah. moments where I was like, I expected this to go that way, but it went like 
this way, like exactly. completely under, <laughs> like right behind me. Well, at the same time, you get all of those expected things, you know, like once you start seeing how degraded the society goes, it all, you know, they've got the mohawks and the crazy paint on their faces and sort of like the ripped torn clothes and the chains and the punk looking. Yeah, thing. I mean, that's. Then, you know, come on, looking. that's totally not like, original. No, not really. But no. then again, we're only talking about 35 years in the future. So what you're saying is, whoever was like a child or a young person now, who would have grown up in the thir- next 35 years, plus they will have reproduced, right? All the only cultural references they have are what they know from their, what they have got mm. left to look at or whatever. So, so is, I that, guess. That, is that why you pick the 80s music as the... Thing mm-hmm. that held it together. I don't know. I don't know. Cause, no, you Just because it was a pro... I think visually and people our age who go to movies and watch movies, we respond to that. Yeah. And <laughs> because... I was thinking like, you know, like youngsters, not youngsters, but you know, teenagers of today would go and watch this movie. It wouldn't mean as much because like when Two Tribes comes on, they don't know what Two Tribes is, right? Well, they Unless might know what it fans. is, but they won't have that connection like, when you hear it when you're young for the first time and it's popular like we did, and it was like, when if you heard that when you were at a bar or at a club and it came on, everybody freaked out. If you heard it on the radio, you know, it's really powerful. But now it's just like a song. Yeah, but like, for me, like, living in the 80s in Manchester, England, and Frankie goes to Hollywood from Liverpool, which is not far away. Right. And they are absolutely massive. Like, I... You know, like the Spice Girls took over everything. Everybody knows who the Spice Girls. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Did I don't know if they came here and did the same thing, but it was huge. It was a phenomenal. Everybody had a Frankie goes to Hollywood T-shirt, so it's like a. But is that good? <laughs> they were actually good as well. Yeah. You know, very gay, <laughs> but very good. I, I loved them. I I wore a Frankie T-shirt, and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> Frankie says, "Relax." I had that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You really are a product of your culture, right? Uh, I'm definitely a pop culture. Um, Lover. I'm put together by a pop culture, I think. <laughs> You're like a piece together. So overall, I can't... If that is $30, buy. What's your, what's your favorite thing about the movie itself as you're watching it? It's just everything. It's badass. Like it's It appeals to me on every level. I mean, it's not... Also... There Will Be Blood appeals to me on every level in a different way. Oh, totally different. In, in, in its own... I love really serious drama. I really do. And this appeals to me in the... Okay, I'm just going to have fun with a movie. And there's not really anything wrong with it. It's just what I want to see, like. It's, yeah, and um, there's also mixed in there with the blood and the gore and, like, those big concepts, like... Like I said, what if a country is abandoned and whatever. There's also the political and social commentaries in there about the government yeah. and how they use it. Just like Which is nothing new. No, but they throw that in there just, just and, enough. And i got to say, this movie, if you, want, if you want scenes of dialogue, you don't get many. <laughs> no. In fact... And if you do, they're yelling. Yeah, yelling <laughs> and there's music and you don't really hear what they're saying anyway. But it doesn't matter. It's just straight up. And I think I said to you, the action... Just when movies they have a pace, don't they? Movies and this movie has a pace. And when you're expected, because you get you know the feel and the rhythm of movies yourself. And in this movie, when there's a big action scene and then things go quiet and people are about to talk to each other, it doesn't happen. It, something else happens bigger than what you just saw. Like it's it, yeah. I think that's what keeps it. Because I, I know that I just, we mentioned earlier there's a car chase in the movie. 
but to get from what was happening to the car chase, <laughs> I didn't expect that. No, it's like, totally what? weird. Like, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> There's an Aston Martin now. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just all. It's not. It's not a masterpiece or anything. Oh no! But, but it's. It is in my book. <laughs> I think masterpieces to you know, perfectionists to every different person's taste. But to me, it's loads of fun. It is and super it's violent. It's got yeah, very violent. Yeah, yeah. And super. But visually exciting all the time because it goes through different phases you know you're not just in the city and you're not just in the country and you're not just it's cool and there's something i was thinking about when i was watching it and i was just mentioning to you earlier i was you know brought up in the 80s when videotapes were the thing (laughs) really and one of my favorite things was to go to the video shop pick up just videotapes that i'd never heard of like you know that's how I got to see The Evil Dead the first time, and that's how films that have stuck with me throughout the years, they all originated from videotapes. So, you know, it was the first time I saw The Exorcist, it was the first time I saw Jaws, it, you know, these these movies. And there was little, also... Little movies. Well, they're, they're not little movies. But <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, there was, a whole, there was a whole section of the video shop that was dedicated to... Movies you'd never heard of. And I've mentioned a movie called Street Trash in the past to you. Probably one of the most goriest movies ever. It's so cheap and horrible. It's probably I probably couldn't even watch it now. But I have memories of it. Cause, and there was a lot of those type of movies, you know, that I picked up. And this had so much of a vibe of those movies. <laughs> like, really bad, but really good. But this one is, like, hyped up. I mean, it's pumped up. It's, yeah. Because the production values, I thought, were really good. Like, everything. Everything looked really good. There was good special effects. There was good... The sets and the... Everything costumes, looked really sets, good. everybody, all the extras, all the weird-looking punk people. It all was really grounded, and you really felt... One of the problems I think I've had with certain isolation movies, which kind of that's what falls in this category, where you're supposed to feel abandoned all hope is lost kind of thing or claustrophobic. I think this movie does a great job of making you feel like plunk. You are. England is abandoned. You know, and Scotland is abandoned. And you are on your own. There is no... Nobody's coming to help. Nobody's coming in with big rescue. And it, Some movies you... I don't always feel that. I feel like, come on. You could solve this problem. Just come in and Whatever, but this one you actually they led up enough in the right way to make you feel like it was so left alone. So I think we've said a lot about the movie. Let's move yeah. on to the cast. Um, you mean you you think you've said enough about the movie? Probably not, but we might <laughs> be boring the people. Yeah, okay. we don't want to we don't want to spoil anything. So moving on to the cast. Uh, first up, we I don't think we don't think we mentioned this earlier, or did we? That the actual hero of the piece is a heroine. Which isn't new either, but it was kind of a nice, for very me, nice. I didn't want to see some hunky bloke doing Yeah, well, it. it's very it's very modern, isn't it? We've got Laura Croft, we've got Resident Evil, we've got yeah. stuff like that. So this is uh, talking of Laura Croft. It's uh, the, the beautiful Rona Mitra, who is, who is, originally started her career as Laura Croft, but not in movies or anything. She was actually the spokesperson for IDOS. So if they needed somebody to be Lara Croft at an event or an interview or whatever, she was Lara Croft for, for quite a... I think it said three years she did it for. And then she became... Started to get parts in Hollywood movies and 
now she's too good for Lara Croft. Mm. It's quite a Lara yeah, Croft. Yeah, they went for that other girl. Yeah. For the movies. That, that one. That American one. Yeah. The other. The other girl. So. <laughs> um, what do you think of her? I've always loved her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's amazing. <laughs> he says with like a puppy dog look. I love, she's her. Got, I love um, her. Yeah, she's good. Oh, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up. I thought she was really good. I really like... There are always that those She's flickers tough. of moments, yeah, where the toughness kicks in, and you know you can feel somebody telling her to pout a little more. Maybe I don't know. This is a little few of those moments, but not bad. I, I really liked her. She wasn't glamour girl. No, she's she can't help but be completely utterly beautiful. But there's not a lot of glossiness. There are a few scenes where they're made to make her look. Sexy and like she's gonna kiss And there's no, ass. there's no halfway through dumb love story with her. No. See, like, like a lot of movies would have gone that route. Uh, there's gonna be some hunky guy at some point, and they're gonna. Kiss no you. love story, but a couple of connections that don't ever become anything. It's all I like eye that. contact. Uh, instead, instead of going the oh, yes. let's give her, let's give her some yeah. hunky and guys. And she's never kiss. helpless, and she never needs rescuing hardly. And you know. And can we mention when she was a little girl at the beginning? She got her eye shot out. <laughs> or injured or something. No, I think it was a stray bullet from that. Yeah, but it wouldn't have gone in her brain. Well, apparently not. I thought it hit the Maybe car it and the glass came and cut her eye and then her mother wrapped the thing around But anyway, it. she, in the future version of her, she has a bionic eye. <laughs> yeah, it is. Literally. She somehow got- England, even though under all of this horrible stress and strain, they have somehow come up with the technology to make a, like a robot eye. Now, even though they're like under this horrible, oppressive, disease-ridden. Now, what I really liked thing. about that as well is, yes, she had a robot eye, and the the power of the eye was she could take the eye out, place it, or you know, use it as a camera, basically that she can see. Mm-hmm. Now, that was cool, but it wasn't a big deal. Nope. It wasn't like it wasn't like at the beginning where the little girl got the eye, you know, the eye got injured. It wasn't like okay, the whole story's gonna gonna like hinge on this yeah but it was the first the first time we see um rona mitra who, who is in the movie major eden sinclair first time we see her in adult life she's using her eye her eyes on the floor and she's looking she's on a mission and she's looking around her because she's part of a special forces kind so of thing. you know when that when i saw that i was like oh well this eye is going to be a big deal but it really wasn't like it no, was just a couple times in and out because she'd pop out. it in and out of her eye socket <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, it's kind of... it's It was a cool thing, but it wasn't... In fact, that's a lot of this movie. There was a lot of things that weren't a big deal, but right. they were cool to be in there. Like They were put in appropriate. Yeah, not like, let's just overuse this crap. So, she was great. She wore a really, I really liked her. She wore a really tight black outfit. She got outfit. the crap beat out of her a couple times. She, she, did, she did well. beat the crap out of some people. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> and she's she's a good action hero. It's like, you know, I, when I say, like, Jason Statham is good. She's an anti-hero as well. Yeah, well, I really like Jason Statham in the transport and stuff, because he kind of fits, even though he doesn't. You don't really... When, when I see him, I don't think, oh, this guy's going to, like, beat the crap out of everybody. But then he's really badass. The then he rolls about, around the oil and kicks everybody's yeah, ass. Something a bit weird about that. <laughs> that one, was, that scene, come yeah. on. It's just ridiculous. It's just homicide. I mean, I love the movie, don't get me wrong, but that scene was like, what? No, I did like it. I did like it, but there was something strangely <laughs> homosexual about that whole scene. <laughs> you mean just like homoerotic? Yeah, like... Does that bother you? 
Or did you like it? You didn't see what I was doing then. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, no, you're rubbing I yourself. Rubbing, I was rubbing the oil into my tits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. Like, There's a lot of people in this movie. And I wrote down this list of people we should mention before we watch the movie. because. So, I probably didn't get the right people. Did you get Bob Hoskins? I, so the next person I'm going to mention is Bob Hoskins as Bill Nelson. Mm. Now, whenever I see Bob Hoskins... I can't help but think of Roger Rabbit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know, me too. I keep thinking of him as in Roger Rabbit. And I did in this a couple of times. Or I think of that other one with the le- Unleashed. Or Leashed. Or oh, that was, was really good. That was That's my recommendation for the week. Yeah, totally. It was going to be Galaxy Jet- Quest, but you can see that too, but that one. Now, Unleashed is a Luc Besson production, and it's uh, Jet Li, Bob Hoskins. As the asshole. <laughs> and the movie's brilliant. In it's fact, really good. In fact... One of my favorite Luke Besson, in f- well, it's really a toss-up. In, yeah. fa- in fact, mm-hmm. it's either The Fifth Element or Leon. I love them both equally. They're different. <sighs> now, Unleashed really feels like Leon, like a spiritual successor to Leon to me. It has all the them nuances that Leon had. Like, when I watched Unleashed, I kept feeling Leon, like, you know, yeah. the way they play off. Intimate and... But violent. Troubled and but, violent, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a really good one. And speaking of Fifth Element, I've got the Blu-ray disc on its way to me. Fabulous. Okay, so... Yeah. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Got off track I really like him. He's good at swearing. He's good at swearing and... When he goes, you motherfucker. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he has to say that, doesn't he's he? He's not in it much. No, he's not. He's not in it much, but he's... He's got that Morgan Freeman thing and that Gene Hackman thing now. Yeah, but when, They're but, like the authoritative figure and they kind of do their thing and then they're gone. But in this movie, even though he isn't in it much, he's pivotal. His character. Yeah. I don't know that it being Bob Hoskins is pivotal. No, but <clears throat> it, le- it lends something to me that it's Bob Hoskins because I do like him and he fits into this movie quite... You know, it's a British movie. He's a British actor. It's a good True. choice, I think. I don't know if it is a British movie. Because a lot of it wasn't made in Britain by the sounds of it. Yeah, but it's made by... I mean, it's a set in Britain. It's made by your kind. So let's move on to (laughs) Malcolm McDowell. Another Mm. amazing... Creep guy. Creepy. Now, I love Malcolm McDowell. I always have. Since, what, Clockwork Orange? Haven't seen that one. Oh. I know. Blu-ray. I know. Okay, so... I call myself a movie fan. Yeah, you've got to see that one. I know. I'm going to get it. Okay, Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm <laughs> McDowell um, I will get on the Amazon and uh, order that one. The Amazon. Malcolm McDowell is good, always. And he, like you say, the Morgan Freeman character, yep. or, he works in that, that But uh, the thing about Malcolm McDowell is he always has a bit of insanity thrown in with that weird... I really liked what he was in this movie. Yeah. I liked that. I like... See, I like the whole idea of, like... Somebody like in in authority, and then somebody else in authority, and then people uprising against the different factions. Yeah, and like because that. of those two personalities, because he, they're inside the wall. Malcolm McDowell, and then this other guy Saul, who's in charge of the city people. Right, he's a younger man, but Saul, the Malcolm McDowell character, and because he, as you, and he does a really good job of this. Him specifically being sort of the disin. How do you say it? Like, he was part of, he was a doctor, he was a scientist, Dr. and then Marcus the day Kane. they closed the gates, 
on the city and abandon everybody. He, the way he comes up with his whole, we go back to nature and medieval and we're uh, purifying ourselves kind of thing. He does that because he's like, he has ho- he's hopeless. Um, let's just go back to the violent way that we are meant to be. And then he gets a little bit philosophical. And then a li- also and, a little bit mental. Yeah, mental. And that's, he does that really well. That hurt and broken and 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 but and at the same time very scary and authoritative like off with their heads kind of guy you know what i mean so i think and he lends a bit of like hoskins in in a movie like this which doesn't really need star power no but adds some authenticity something doesn't it yeah and then you've got um another person i didn't write down there but i do have on here is sean pertwee Hmm. who when i said to you i don't want to say yeah sean pertwee in the movie and I said to you, and I said, do you know who he is? And he's Doctor Who's son, one of the do- one of Doctor the Doctor Who's son. Um, and I said, he's he's a really famous actor in England, and you like don't really. No. I don't think. Let me see if you would have seen him in something. So we've and then other people like the the head of the team, but not her. That guy is like an anonymous famous guy to me. The one who kept saying, "This is a shit plan, but I'm going to stick by you." That guy. Every yeah. time she would make a plan that was, like, totally dangerous and crazy, he was the head of the team, basically. You know, the head military guy. He I really like, too. He, I gotta get his name, too, because he was really good. What you would and I don't s- want to say what happens. To what him, you would have seen Sean Pertwee in is, do you remember the movie Goal and Goal 2? Yes. He was in both of those. As? Like a bit of an asshole. Oh, he was, like, the agent guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right, so there you go. Um, and a lot of other stuff. In fact, now we're not we're not going on to the director yet, but there's some there's something I want to mention. A link between them two. Um, who, who else did we interested in? Wanted to mention the guy who kept saying this is a shit plan, but I'm going to stay by you. Yeah, I loved him, and he's been in Doctor Who as well. Well, maybe that's where I've seen because I see him as an anonymous famous guy. He's a he's a famous character actor in Britain. You'll see him in all kinds of stuff. Is that the politically correct way of saying anonymous famous is character actor? Yeah. Because, you know, you've seen him, but you don't know who they are. You can't actually find him on IMDb, because there's no pictures for anybody in this movie. <laughs> is that saying something? It's just saying that their agents didn't put the pictures up. Right? Yeah. Rona Mitra gets her picture. Of course. Um, but anyway, there's a bunch... I do like that guy. I don't know his name. I think we'll mention him next. We'll, we'll give him yeah. a... But he was really good. I, I, he's another one who adds a authoritative thing to it, even though he's on a lower level than the big stars. Um, now, the director of this movie, there's a lot. All right, there's a lot of other people in this movie as well, which we could mention. But we yeah, but everybody know. does a good job. The Saul guy, I the, loved him. Did you know? Have you seen him before? Because he looks semi-familiar. And the chick with the tattoos all over her face. She was brilliant. She was brilliant. How? I mean, th- those <laughs> you didn't are... do your research, Mister Hayes, for this. Oh, well, stuff. you know what? What's really hard is uh, when I make these outlines. I make them before we see the movie, and then, right. then we always come up and we want to talk about the movie quick. So I don't. True. But anyway, needless to say, we've mentioned the main people, but there are other people who are really good. But a lot of them are anonymous, anonymous. Yeah, good. the guy who played Saul, I think he's famous somehow, and he was crazy. Really and I good. will say it, he was like a crazy motherfucker. Like, crazy. With the whole... Yeah, good performance uh, from him, for yeah. sure. He, he really took it all in, didn't he? Yeah, totally. Like. <laughs> and then, with the director, Neil Marshall. Now, there's so many times... Now, this guy 
directed Dog Soldiers and The Descent. And they are both... Both those movies are supposed to be brilliant. But I've never got around to seeing them. But everybody I've spoke to said, have you seen The Descent? Have you seen Dog Soldiers? Have you seen the... I've, 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 I've heard that a lot in my time. I've never seen either. I want to see them both now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they're both horror slash sci-fi. Oh, really? So I want to see them. And when I was talking about Sean Pertwee, he's in Dog Soldiers as the main guy. So. Ah. Um, but this director is... Are those the only two movies he's made? Yes. Three now. Um, there's something else as well, but it's not... What do you think of his style? I really like it. It's like adrenaline fueled or something. It is. I mean, it's a combination of like... Um, like that 28 Days Later, those weird spastic scenes. And then like... Not Transporter, what's the other movie with Jason, Stace, Jason Statham where he has that stuff in him? And crank. Crank, yeah. Like yeah. that hyper... But not. You I mean, it's like a ADD, but you... You don't feel overwhelmed. He's, uh, he's actually directed four movies. In 1999, he did one called Combat. Then he did Dog Soldiers. Then he did The Descent. Then he did Doomsday. And he's got one in production now called Drive, the, which will be a 2009. That sounds familiar. Oh, that was that bad TV show, wasn't it? Well, Drive is, will be a 2009 movie, and it's synopsis. He's a Hollywood stunt performer, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Drive, like, from the game? No. A Hollywood stunt performer, Hugh Jackman, who moonlights as a wheelman, discovers that a contract has been put on him. No, Driver is the game, not Drive. Oh, right. But yeah, this is um, interesting. If it's filmed, if it's as exciting as this was, I'll watch it. <laughs> Even though I'm not a Hugh Jackman fan. But No, you're not. Um, Neil Marshall's a UK director. He's from Newcastle-upon-Tyne. He was born in 1970. <laughs> you have all the information in your head. That's amazing. I do. Um, DVD extras. Now, Universal have got this. Now, this um, DVD extra thing, what they do, well, this is a Blu-ray disc that we watched, which was very good, I must say. It captured the look of the cinema. Yes, totally. Really, really a good movie to have on Blu-ray, I think. Because it, you know, it's a washed out kind of movie. It's a little... Dark at times, like yeah, but intentional. You know how we were talking last week that the movie, so all of it was in like daylight, and you had all your drama and your blood and your violent stuff all right in the bloody, like right in the bloody sunshine. This is all, a lot of it's hidden and in kit in like, like tunnels, the, like and a lot stuff of the like first that. part is, and then it does open up into the, uh, the a little. Yeah. What I mean is yeah, there yeah. is both. Yeah, there's the creepy dark flashlight kind of combat and then the, then it gets into the completely mm. out in the open true car chase <laughs> yeah you know but it is on blu-ray disc and it look i thought it was really good i think it's one to have on blu-ray disc anyway uh the extras that you, this is the first universal dvd blu-ray disc now when they did hd dvd they patented something called u control which i guess is universal control but you control it um, so they've brought U-Control to Blu-ray. Now, they've actually brought the same menus to Blu-ray as well, the one that pops out from the side. They had that on... We've got some other U-Control discs, the Bond movies mm. on HD DVD. Um, so what it is, is it's not traditionally how extras are presented, because extras are usually presented in a menu that says extras, and then you watch them, right? Well, you know, as you saw this. They are included as a... Like, watch the movie again... 
but f- turn these features on. How can I explain it? Interactive, kind of. You mm. choose what you want to see when, like. No, because you can turn it. Yeah, true, true. If you only want to I'm see not a it. fan of it. I'll say it right now. Well, I'll say right now Only that if they put it over to the side and at some point you can just all. pick it as you choose. No, I'm not a fan of it either because it's too fiddly for me. I want to... I want a documentary that lasts an hour on, on this movie, but I don't want it to be all segmented up. Yeah, I plus, just if you're on. doing... The only documentaries you see of, like, behind the scenes or making of are in little picture-in-pictures. Now, we have a nine-foot wall that is our screen, right? So that the picture-in-picture is actually 27, 28 inches, big enough to Which see. Which is fine. But, but if you're still. watching it even on our other TV, it's going to be little. I would like, like on our regular TV. I would actually like an option where you highlight the picture-in-picture window, and you can zoom that to full and put the movie down in the bottom. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Mm. So that might be something for them to uh, think about. Because, literally, I mean, I know, if you're buying a Blu-ray disc, and this is a Blu-ray feature, it's not on a DVD, they're probably thinking you have got a good setup, right? Because it is a high-definition format. I mean, you're not going to be playing this on a 12-inch TV or a black and white. Not 12, but you might have a 32 or a... Yeah, I think it would be too small then, wouldn't it? I know, but the thing is, you shouldn't require no, people I'm to have a big TV be just too... because you have a Blu-ray disc player. No, not really. But a lot yeah. of people don't... They might only barely be able to afford their PlayStation 3 or a Blu-ray. That doesn't mean they have a big, giant TV. I think you should... You definitely... They should just let you be able to zoom the picture in and out, I think. Now, that's the question. On the regular DVD as extras, are they just extras? Uh, yeah, they won't be in you control. So, yes, they would. Just extras. So, that's actually better. To me, it is too fiddly. First of all, because a lot of people watch three Blu-ray on their PlayStation 3, which means you're using your controller, your pad, your game pad, yeah. right? So you have to figure out how to manage it, because all it's showing you in the instructions, you even looked... Is the any, remote Yeah, control. now to me, any extras on a friggin' DVD that have instructions for you to read... Oh, yeah. How, it had a whole instruction section. There's actually section. a five-page instruction Yeah, book. that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you have to... All it shows is a Blu-ray player remote control, and it tells you, use the red button, use the green button. Well, you don't have that. And you might have one, you know, like what... You might have a... Contr- no, you can't have a remote control for your PlayStation 3. Yeah, they make one. It looks exactly like that one you saw on the picture. Right, but if you're using your controller, then you have to fiddle around with it. You have to press it, the menu. Get that menu thing. Up. Yeah, so to me, I am not a fan of it at all. I mean, if you could just say, play the movie, and all the extras start popping up, and all the little... They have a little pop-up video kind of thing, too, where you get some facts about things and all that, but you have to do it. You have to be there and do it yourself. Yeah, and this is what I'm about to say. I'm not a fan of it either. I appreciate it and what they're trying to do with it, but I would like a non-you control. They control. Let's call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I can just go in there and select documentary making of um, Doomsday and watch it for an hour instead of flicking. Yeah, def- there's room for both, but give us both. Don't just give us one. Mm-hmm. And don't give us picture in picture. Let us see that full screen because it seems a waste. Yeah, because you've already got it on the blue on the disc. Yeah. So just put it off. On, look, put a little menu off to the side that says play all featurettes which means you screw the movie and here are the featurettes and just like in the old days of dvd yeah okay so there's three main extras well there's four there's a commentary with the director neil marshall sean pertwee darren morfitt rick warden and les simpson therefore of the characters from the movie yeah we, we listened, listened to, to it. yeah it's pretty interesting it's um 
informative. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny too because as they're sitting there, they're like, "Oh, oh that's the part really where I got know. it," <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like, "Oh, look at that. Oh man, that yeah. looks wicked." You yeah. know, like it was. It was kind of fun. And then there's three U control features, which is the Reaper virus files, which is kind of interesting it's like a dossier thing you bring mm-hmm. it up and you read about each character in detail each the actual virus in detail the baddies in detail all stuff the stuff you don't hear from the movie so it's like a what would you say like, yeah, like an encyclopedia of stuff i'm not really a fan of that either you know why because if you're just watching the movie and you don't have all that information then does that mean I'm missing out on something? Like, I would understand things better? Or is it just kind of filler content? It's just filler, isn't it, really? It isn't necessary? A bit of backstory for somebody who wants to go a little bit further. All I can imagine is that those were, like, notes during the writing of the story. You know, like, research notes and stuff where where they're trying to decide how... Like, they describe the... Like, if you click on the... The suit that the soldiers wear, you can look at every little detail, like this is what controls the oxygen, and this is the temperature control, which isn't necessary. It's just fun, kind of... You know, like Star Wars fans want to know every single little thing about the universe. It's just stuff like that, isn't it? That they just added yeah. in there. You don't need to have read it or know it, because the, the movie's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. It's not a complicated movie. Then there's the tech specs, which is essentially the same thing, but... Pop-up video thing. Yeah, like, so... There's an Aston Martin car in the game, which is a prime example here. In the movie. In the movie. (laughs) And uh, when the car comes in, then a pop-up thing will come on telling you all the specs of the car, how fast it can go. And then same with the suit. So any piece of tech in the game, it will pop up. Right. Game. I said game again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then there's picture-in-picture, which we mentioned. It's... uh, with just one click, access interactive cast and crew interviews and behind-the-scenes footage. Now, we was watching one scene where... It was showing you... The, basically, in the movie, they rebuild Hadrian's Wall. You know, it's Hadrian's Wall 2, essentially. And they were showing you how they did it in South Africa. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of it was weird. filmed in Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> but, yeah, it showed you... It's proper behind-the-scenes cast and crew on the set. Or, in this case, people building the set. But in picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah. Very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's... That's a lot for your features. It's a lot of features if you bother to delve in there and sit and persevere with the U-Control. Now, unfortunately, U-Control's going to be the standard on Universal Discs. So we've also got the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. They're both U-Control Discs, so their extras are going to be the same. For those, it doesn't really matter. Don't really care. (laughs) Well, we can't really express an opinion. It's a long time since we've seen the Mummy. No, I don't mind those movies at all. I'm just saying, I have no no desire to delve into the behind the scenes. And in fact, I feel like I've seen some behind the scenes for them already. But putting you control in these, I think it needs to be refined. That's that's the... It's it's fine, and it's cool, but it needs... It isn't fine, and I don't think it's cool. No, I I mean, I think it is, (laughs) but it needs the... It needs the... Other version as well. That's all. Just the play all feature. Um, so that's it for extras. That's it for the movie. Um, I say absolutely buy it. You reckon? Ab- well, that movie, absolutely buy it. Own it. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. It's that will be played again by you know. It's a yeah. movie I will pull out again and watch because I just when your friends comes, you're like, this is what we're watching. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of movie. Um, it's an absolute purchase. What about you? 
If it wasn't thirty dollars, yeah, I would own it. I don't it. think it is. I think it's twenty-two. Really? Hmm. For the Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get confirmation from. Okay, well, for twenty. The internet. <laughs> I don't know though. I'm just not into that price. I'm I'm a renter in my mind these days, really, because I just find, I'm just opposed to the pricing tree that they have. For individual movies. And I don't care that it's cheaper than going to the theater. Blah, whatever. Oh. All right, then let me give you the real price of Doomsday. Okay. Ouch. Oh. Recommended retail price by Universal is $39.98 on Blu-ray. Bum, bum, bum. But if you shop at Not That I'm Endorsing, this, this particular store, I'm not mentioning the name, they'll give you 21% off and they'll give you for $31.59. So it's pretty high, yeah. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't buy it. Let's see how much the DVD is. I'll uh, take it as a gift. <laughs> and I would rent it. Um, I've, I've found one of my new favorite movies of that ilk, though. There. So I want it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right this minute? What? I'm, I'm saying I've Oh, found... you mean this has become one of your favorite yeah. movies of that type. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. My thinking is, by the time you've paid for a stupid friggin' blue ba- blue r- blueberry player... Blu-ray player or a PlayStation 3. Well, it's not stupid. It's stupid. The price is stupid. And then they expect you to spend 30 to $40 on every DVD. No. They're just sticking it up your butt and I'm sick of it. Okay, so let no, me... I wouldn't buy it. I'd rent and it. And I would. It's a total purchase for me. Blu-ray edition too. Um, but then something here. Um, the DVD is twenty one seventy three. Okay. And the DVD actually contains the rated and the unrated version, whereas you only get the unrated version. Well, I'm fine with the unrated version. What, what's the difference, by the way? What? Between the rated and the unrated. The unrated will have extra violence and stuff. You reckon? <laughs> yeah, I totally reckon that. Um, <laughs> and the DVD um, also... Well, it doesn't actually say what the extras are on the DVD, because it's not out for eight days and they don't seem to know. But anyway... Well, if it's only 21, they probably put nothing on there. The DVD, yeah, it's possible if there's two versions of the movie. It's possible that the extras don't exist. But we'll, we'll see. Is it a flipper? I do not know. <laughs> but anyway, it's a movie to put in your library. Let's, thanks to Universal for sending it to us. Um, contest. <laughs> well, you just kind of let one out with a whimper. You loved that movie. That, that's what I just said. I, I know. I can't, say any, I can't say it more than ten times. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> okay. Contest? Mm-hmm. Podcast? Contest? No, mate, you're going to be a bit more enthusiastic. Okay, we've got... No. I, I will... Um, this is the last will, week for the contest. Yeah, this is a, uh, as we have every week, a contest to win a copy of Burn Notice, which is a TV show. Season one, all of season one. Um, I don't really want to, because the question would get spoiled if I kind of talk about the mm. show. But anyway, we've got two copies to give away, and if you want to win one, you answer this question. Or (laughs) respond to this request. Uh, List five television shows that Bruce Campbell is featured in, or stars in, or has been in. Five TV series Bruce Campbell has been in. And if you're entering, by entering, we're not very good at mental telepathy, so you're going to have to use the email and if you do that, you have to send one of those emails to ascoli at ascoli.com. And in the subject line, put podcast, contest, burn notice. And you have to use the email. Uh, the email. Um, si, so, si, senor. 
So what we've been playing video games, there hasn't actually been anything, because it was E3 week last week. Oh, well, there you go. And Did you get E3'd out? Yeah, completely. I, <laughs> I watched GameSpot had eight hours of coverage all three days of E3, and I watched the entire lot. And let's just say that this year would have been, since your bachelor days, probably your prime E3 experience, because your wife was not here. So you had 24-hour access to every device in the house to get E3 coverage thrown at your head. It was good. I saw a It lot. was good. It was good that I wasn't here to spoil the whole experience. I saw a <laughs> lot of stuff. Nothing really surprising. Some crappy press conferences that weren't very was good. Nintendo <laughs> was... I don't know what Nintendo were doing. Um, Sony... Sony had... Now, they need to... These press conferences, they're kind of like an entertainment thing, too, aren't they? You know, every year we all want to watch them and see what they've got to say. Now, Sony used this guy called Jack Tretton. He's like a... He's like a suit, a Sony suit. He comes out and presents the whole thing, and he's so dry and boring. They need to get somebody up there who's got something about them. Because after 45 minutes of him, you're almost asleep. What's the content of what he's saying? Content of what he's saying in this respect was fine. He was unveiling new games. He was unveiling new games for all the different systems. He was doing... They they kind of had a laugh. Yeah, but why do they have to have some big personality? Sometimes it gets a little... You know, you don't need a I'm not talking about a personality. I'm talking about somebody who's not this guy. (laughs) This guy's really bad. He's... He's, he's just a guy, though. He's not somebody you put up in front of people to tell something. He's just so... Matter of fact. He's a suit. He's like... He's not... Well, on the flip side of that, Microsoft, they've lost Peter Moore. He was actually very personable, an English bloke who mm-hmm. used to get up and talk, and he was pretty personal. He was kind of full of shit half the time. Come on. Yeah, but I, I did like how he came across. So you need some front man to give you some exactly. entertainment. So So... On the other side of the coin, Xbox got their new guy in charge of Xbox. I forget his name. He's exactly like the the Sony guy. <laughs> He's just a suit guy. He's got no personality at all. Because, like, Peter Moore used to do the thing where he'd tattoo his arm with the latest Yeah, but that's the thing, right? If you get some smarmy sales guy who's half full of shit and he's Mr. Charming and he comes out and like, gives you a bunch of line of crap... And then versus the other guy who comes out and he's just a guy who works there and he gives you the same line of crap. But you end up liking the Microsoft better just because the guy was smarmy and charming and tattoos his arm. The Microsoft guy this year was Dan Matrick. You are so brainwashed. This guy was called Dan Matrick. He's the new head of Xbox. But he's really, he's another one who should be in the office. (laughs) You know, not, not on the stage. And then Nintendo still had Reggie, but they also had... Oh... I that lady. I forget her name, Casey or Carrie or something, and she's just some middle-aged lady who was talking about games. Well, don't act disgusted <laughs> at the middle-aged lady thing. Maybe it's just that you gamer men, dudes, are feeling a little bit like, oh, we're not the king of the hill anymore. Oh, I, I couldn't people. care less what Nintendo... Are other people interested in gaming now? Nintendo, obviously, have got, the new, got a new market that they're... As does Sony. They're kind of working their way. Back. Oh, no, Xbox with their new dashboard and all that. Yeah, I know. 
all the stuff that was revealed last week about Xbox changing the dashboard, using avatars, blah, blah, blah. All that has been clarified a bit more by Major Nelson this week. And it's not compulsory. Now, this wasn't mentioned at E3, but now it has been mentioned that you don't need to use the avatars. Your old gamer pictures and themes will still be work. Now, I told you that, actually. Um, I'm so smart. How would you know that? I told you that. I said there's no way they're going to force everybody, the hardcore gamer guys who are only going to want what they want, but and just turn you off have to them. have the dashboard, the new design. But you don't have to use the crappy But you can still use games. the blades and the, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Well, no. But, you no, you have to use the new design. But you don't have to have one of these avatars. Hmm. So that's fine, because if you don't want one, you don't have to have one. Um, but yeah, it was a weird E3, really, because... It's one of those years where there's no new hardware to announce because we're still in this cycle of consoles, so nobody's announcing any of that. And we're at the stage where it's sequel time for games. Mm. Like it's Gears of War 2, it's Fable 2, it's Unreal Tournament. Yeah, it's all sequel time. It's not really a lot of new innovation apart from Flower on the PlayStation 3, which looked... I have no idea what it is. I've watched the thing, I've heard the guy talk about it. I still can't get my head around what you're really doing. It looks good. <laughs> um, he says it's a poem. A video game poem. That was his explanation. Um, He's a real artistic guy. He's the yeah, guy who made say, Flow. I think he meant something other than literal. Yeah, so there's that. There's a couple of other things. You know, there's obviously Gears of War 2 is going to be cool. There's, there, but there's nothing new. It's sequels to stuff we've already played. Biggest thing for me was... It's really hard, because it was all pretty... Stuff you already knew, too, a lot of it. There was no big surprise, actually. Apart from Sony announced the movie store, so now you can buy movies on the PS3, which I expected to happen at some point anyway. You mean, like, no... download movies? Yeah, in HD as well. Same as what Xbox do. They... So you can go on the PS3 now, you can choose Doomsday, you can pay four ninety nine, and you can rent it for 48 hours. $5 to watch a movie? Oh, that's always it's to me, that's the same without as, having to leave your house. See, I don't actually think that's a bad price. See, that's what the I, latest movies. Yeah, and it is the latest. What is on DVD now? So that will be on, and you know, and classic ones too. But they're four ninety nine in HD, two ninety nine in SD. Ah, see, that's good. See, I don't mind that. But Microsoft have offered this for a whole year already. I mean, the marketplace stuff with movies. We don't use it because we're not the kind of people. We have a lot of movies. We don't need to. Now, if they had it. true classics and obscure movies, I might look into it. They have classics, but not so obscure. Mm. They have... Because, like, Blockbuster Online had, like, really obscure yeah, movies. Yeah, none of that. Could... It's all Hollywood. It's like Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man oh, right. 2, you know. Yeah, those are old classics. Tomb Raider. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, they don't really delve into... They don't into... have documentaries and stuff. No, no, no. It's pretty much what the masses would want. You know, Cloverfield and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But anyway, E3... Um, it was fun. No surprises, really. Kind of anticlimactic. But you did get, as we segue into the next section, I believe, yes, you were alone in the house for a reason. What was that reason? You were on holiday. <laughs> I was. Did you want to ask me any questions? Uh, no. Do you want to- You've already told me everything. But you, you put wanna, it on the want- list. I'm just saying, do you want- is there anything in particular? Any fun? All right, let's, let's just let's break it down like this. <laughs> One funny story from your holiday, and then we'll move on. One funny story. Okay, I'll tell you this. Starting, okay. (laughs) 
I'll tell you the very first funny story, okay? No, just one. You're only getting one. That's not... what I'm saying. No, I'm okay. telling you the first funny story that happened. Okay, okay. On the vacation. Uh, it was. I'll give you a breakdown of the vacation. Five of us from five of my four of my friends and I from college. Uh, one of them suggested last year that we all get together and go on a Caribbean vacation. She planned Caribbean it. Caribbean queen. <laughs> she paid for the air flight. We all gave her some money for the hotel. Um, so that's that. And we hadn't seen each other for many years. So this was us kind of getting back together and and spending a few days together and on the beach and all that kind of stuff. Beach, which I despise, by the way, but not anymore. I got over that. So, one of our friends already lives in Florida, so she was taking a different flight. It was we're going to the Dominican Republic. So we all get on in our we all live relatively close up here. So we're all gonna get on the plane and go. So this kind of starts the funny weirdness that was to follow for the whole rest of the week. There were many mishaps and lots of weird things that happened. It wasn't a hundred percent perfect luxury vacation. I loved it, but we get on the plane. Uh, I'm the first of us to get on the plane, and we had it was a three and three plane, you know, three seats on this side, three seats on that side, and there's four of us, so we had three seats together and one across the aisle. I said I'll take the one across the aisle, so I'm first. I get in, I sit down. There's a nice lady in the seat next to me. I'm on the aisle. I'm talking to her. My friends sit down. That we put all our stuff in the overhead. <laughs> they sit down. They're getting settled in. It's several minutes later when the plane is almost done loading, and this girl stops at our row and she looks down at my friends across the aisle from me, and she's like, "Oh, did your ticket say 21 D?" And my friend's like, "No, this is 22." And she goes, "No, this is 21." <laughs> So I had basically set us and, and settled us in the wrong row. And you know what it's like on a plane? Four people had to get up. We all had to go to the next row, move all our stuff, get settled down again. Now, that wasn't a bad thing that happened. It was just a funny sort of like, uh, what do you say? Like a little, um, what's in a, a little fortune of things to come. That everything didn't go perfectly on the trip. <laughs> and I assume... Uh, for for more stories of your holiday, yes, your podcast will contain some, right? Yes. Okay, so if you want my hear... podcast, my website, I have some YouTube videos and lots of pictures. So if you want to hear more stories, you <laughs> might hear another story next week, maybe. And I'm going to write a huge review of the resort itself, of the whole thing, the whole what we got to see of where we were going. Um, and I think it'll actually be very helpful to people because I read reviews before we went, as did all my friends. And so there'll be a big review of it. And travel tips. Trust me. You will need them if you're going anywhere like this. Ever, ever. And it's it's Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. It's very popular right now, apparently. I wouldn't have gone there by choice. Because it's not my type of place. But I can see why people would go there. You know, like for their sort of tropical beachy vacation. So, <clears throat> and the reason I'm not feeling well is probably because I, I think did. you've got the uh, um, holiday tummy. I've got the funk, as Erica said. We got the funk. We got the funk. We <laughs> All got of us the got the funk. We got the shits. We got the bad bellies and the low energy. That's very typical for holidays uh, in yes. foreign countries. It is another country, and it's not like we drank the water directly. You had ice in your drinks. We had some enough. ice. We ate the food, which was fine. The food was fine. There was nothing weird. It was all very tasty. We had a moderate amount of alcohol, in fact. We didn't drink very much at all. I think because we were so hot. 
Yeah, you don't want to dehydrate. Right. Now, part of my sick could be from the moldy room. I don't know. But I think it was <laughs> whatever water we You think we all ingest. the weird fungus spores climbed in your yes. mouth? Yes, I actually sleep. said that. While we're sleeping, the mold's going to spore <laughs> into our mouths. Probably would. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fantastic. And I think it's worth a few days of dehydration and diarrhea. And I think while you were there, <laughs> it was probably hotter here than it was there. Cause I agree. I'm just looking at the temperature now today. It's 97 degrees outside. I painted the deck. Oh, yes. On Saturday. Painted the entire deck and it was 103 degrees. Paint slash stain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever you do to a deck. Yeah. Covered it with Covered it stuff. with stuff. Um, and that was fantastic. It was a nightmare. It looked so good. <laughs> I, started, I started doing it thinking I'll do a little bit and then next week I'll do a little bit more. You know, I'll just do it in sections because we did it once before. The two of us. And it was you know how bad it was. It sucked. I ended up doing it all that day. <laughs> Because I have this completion thing in my in me. It's weird. <laughs> so, like, when I start something, no matter how much I'm going to say to myself, I'll do a little bit and then I'll do some more, I can't do that. I always have to... You know I have to finish it, don't I? I yes. To, so I... Something inside me tells me to finish it and I finish it and then I think I had a bit of heat stroke because I fell asleep for about 12 hours after it. <laughs> so I don't know. And then you were, then you had a steak that tasted like the best steak you've ever had in your life. So I think that was it totally was. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was... Well, oh, can I tell you another really brief story? No. It's really funny. Go on. <laughs> We've got about... Okay, this guy walks up and down the beach all the time saying, like, banana boat, snorkeling, parasailing, banana boat, parasailing. Okay, so my friend decides she's going to negotiate a price for us to go snorkeling. We all decide to go snorkeling. There's five of us. I'm trying to be really fast. Five of us. Two people didn't want to go snorkeling. I say, sure, I'll do it. And in my mind... I'm terrified. I'm terrified in a way, not of drowning or anything like that. I had this weird thing about mm, water going up and around my nose at all. It just, it freaks me out. It doesn't terrify me, I guess, but it freaks me out. But I thought, screw it. I'm on vacation. I'm not going to die from it. I'll just do it. So we go out there. The boat ride's kind of bumpy and cool. There's another drama that goes with it. But anyway, we get out there. That's another one of the things that kind of went wrong. We get out there. We get on the gear fall kind of off the boat like the guy tells us to and I couldn't I just couldn't do it I had the mask thing on a thing in my mouth and maybe that's where I got the the bug because I sucked in a whole bunch of salt water did somebody I else have a, that thing in your, in the mouth before you did you just rinse it off in the salt water it'll kill whatever I guess but Ugh. and as soon as that happened and we're out in the ocean we're not there's you can't touch anything you're thrown off a boat in the kind of choppy waters you know I mean the boat's over there about six feet away and I just I couldn't I failed miserably I couldn't hardly do it so I just kind of swam around with my fins when my friends went over and did the snorkeling and looked at all the beautiful stuff and then I have a friend on the boat who kept going come on Sid get back in the boat it's very dangerous it's really dangerous and I'm like floating around out there and it kept kind of coming up around my nose so I decided to get in then I could barely get in the boat because you have to climb up this little flimsy ladder and I've got a big butt and it was real the guy had to come well no he had to help everybody get out of the water because there was no other way so then, that was my snorkeling story. I didn't actually snorkel. I just fell in the water and choked on some water and then got back in the boat. Sounds like a barrel of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> but then I got some really good pictures. And floating around out there was fantastic. So that was my other story. <laughs> I think it's really funny. So, uh, like I say, for more stories, go to <laughs> sitsow.com. We're uh, going to wrap it up because we've gone past an hour. Okay, bye. And I like to keep it on an hour. Um, so, sitsow.com, ascully.com. Uh, we... Have websites. We have websites. 
Um, you can get this podcast from iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed, which we have on the page, or click the podcast link at the top of com and listen to it straight there on the page. You can... It's also on your Facebook page. It is. I also post it on my Facebook page. If you want to be my Facebook friend, I'm <laughs> Paul Hayes. You'll be Hayes your friend. Yeah. And I love you and I'm glad to be home. Oh, thank you. I really missed you. That's, that's slightly embarrassing on the uh, on air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you can leave feedback at ascoli at ascoli.com and sitalk at sitalk.com. <laughs> and I just want to say stay classy, Rona Mitra's tight ass. Oh my. In those, in those black pants. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. And I also want to say bye, Doomsday. Don't listen to Sid Talk. What she says about <laughs> DVDs not being worth it. This one's worth it. <laughs> okay. And I want to say think for yourself, people, or Ace Goalie will do it for you. 